Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of Wings, Beers, and Tears. Cheers on a Wednesday night. It is the smack dab middle of August. How are we doing tonight, boys? Are we feeling any more energy than before with how close we are to meaningful sports? I used to have energy, but someone told me to stop, so... (sighs) The producer is scaring me. I can't lie. But Jeremy, that was Jeremy, Uh, everybody, sounds so good right now. Uh, The levels are going to be great. Jeremy's going to be castrated if he he gets excited (laughs) about something. (laughs) I do not want to be present for that event. Uh, (laughs) This is the worst podcast ever. (laughs) How How are you boys doing this evening, Mr. Jerry? I'm feeling good. I'm watching the... uh, the weird Pan Am games on the TV where they come out like they're going into a kickboxing match. I feel like it's like Daniel LaRusso versus Johnny. That's weird. I, I, think, I think my favorite part about the Pan Am games is when they put them on TV, they don't actually tell you what the event is. It they just says general Pan Am right. games. So it's it can, the Pan Am games. So it could well, be like a shot put or it could be you know water polo or it could be um, track right. and field. Well, it's it's funny because if you if you remember Rocky Four when Drago comes out in Russia and he's got the the dry ice smoke and it's that's how all of the relay teams have just come out. Tremendous! It's, it's I've never seen that before. It's it perfect. It is swimming, right? It yeah. is. It is. So that, that pretty much sums yeah, yes, up where Jerry, the sports world is that in is swimming. In uh, in, in the cold. middle part of August, we have you know fucking Pan Am games on the TV. However. Um, let's give a quick shout out to, uh, all the DMV sports listeners. If you aren't following us, please get on the wagon and follow us on wings, beers, and tears. You can find us on Google, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you download your favorite podcast, find us in our logo with the lovely chicken as he's crying and uh, about to enjoy an adult beverage. He's a good man. He is a good man. So we've been lamenting how far away we are from sports. However, today I got one of my favorite emails of the year. It was an email from the Friends of the Maryland Football Program. Oh, I thought it was the Caps. And they are promoting their first Breakfast with locks. They're calling it bagels and locks. <laughs> That's terrible. It's awful. I hope it says, they at least spelled it L-O-C-K-S. Uh, jokingly, I, I thought Jerry, Jerry was going to ask me, did I RSVP yet? They said 250 spots only. My only hope is that they fill them. <laughs> right, <laughs> I hope that there's a right. full room. And there's not probation <laughs> attached afterwards, like free gifts. No, but what that tells you is we are we are literally weeks away from meaningful, real shit going on. Um you know, via our favorite sport other than hockey is definitely football, American football. And, uh, and it's, and it's right around the corner. And we had some actual live football last week, which made me want to gouge my eyes out. But yeah. hey, at least it was real football. Uh, no Jeremy, I, I thought Todd was going to say it's my favorite email of the year. It's the <laughs> cap saying, Todd, time to renew and bring back the glory. <laughs> I was, we were, we were gonna, I was gonna steal tickets from Todd again. We we're gonna start making plans right now. That's when he was a good. That's when he was a good friend. Tickets. <laughs> I know. Then, uh, then I decided to give my tickets up, and they won the whole goddamn. He's like, thing. hey, you can get Maryland tickets. I was like, shit, dude, I can go to those games for free. <laughs> <laughs> true, but I won't make you feel guilty about it. You will not. <laughs> right, that's true. Uh, so anyway, so we had our first dose of, of NFL action last week. That was not the Hall of Fame game, 
but it was only a very small step up from said Hall of Fame game. It was gross. It was awful. So I actually tuned in and watched a bit of a, a, a spattering of games via NFL Network. Our local teams saw a little of the Ravens. Obviously, they didn't show much with their new run-and-gun offense, as as you would hope that they would not. Uh, watched a little bit of the Redskins, and uh, you know, predictably, they looked disinterested. I didn't recognize half the players after the first quarter, and... Uh, you know, it was it was very blah and very preseason like. Jeremy, I'm sure you were uh, taking notes the entire time. Give me your breakdown on the early uh, returns on our skins. Four holding calls in three plays. <laughs> That's my analysis of the game. You know what? It would have been justice if uh, they were allowed to take all four yeah. <laughs> instead of declining one of them. <laughs> they declined two of them on the one play. That was fantastic. <laughs> holding <laughs> offense decline. Holding o- oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Meanwhile, they completed like a 40-yard pass on that play. So bad. <laughs> God damn. Um, you know, but still, we, we we joked about it last week, but Jay Gruden couldn't give two shits about preseason. He's basically got his top 35 to 40 guys, and he's going to fill the roster out with a bunch of depth players, special teamers, um, places where he and the coaching staff feel that they need additional depth like every other team does. And with the roster size as small as it is in the NFL, it's really kind of anticlimactic until you get to the the final cut day. Well, plus, well, there's only one cut now, right? So we don't have the two or three rounds like we used to. Yep, I think that's true. Yep, no, that is correct. If every time, every time I challenge somebody. Jeremy on any sort of stat like that, like geek stat, I always lose. <laughs> well, notice I did not put a dollar on the table because I'm <laughs> fucking gun shy now. Well, what do you guys think was the good, bad, and the ugly from from the Redskins? Um, I mean, from my take. Uh, the bad, let's start with the bad because that's what I focus on when you hear the Redskins. Sure. The offensive line was horrible. It was it was pathetic. Uh, they could, I mean, obviously we can talk about Haskins, but they weren't given anybody any room to run, and they had, like, breakdowns and pass protection. I'm wondering why Bill O'Callaghan is this, like, totally revered uh, offensive line coach because that's – Two years in a row, they can't seem to pick up schemes. It's not like they're getting beat one on one. Right, you got people just rushing through, and not not safeties. You know, it's not like safety blitzes or anything like that. You have fat linemen in front of other fat linemen, and the fat lineman goes this way left, and nobody blocks the other guy. He just runs right in and tackles. It's like it's yeah. not. It's not even like a. It's a base defense. You can't even block it. Is what I'm saying. So right. that was bad. Um, uh, I'm about ready to give up on Jaron Christian. <laughs> um, it's early, but, uh, obviously they signed Donald Penn. Um, but anyway, I just, I thought overall they looked bad on the offensive line. Um, I think we got our answer on Dwayne Haskins. It was sort of what was being said. And now we saw it. He's not even close to being ready. He looked like a deer in headlights on some occasions, overthrowing, underthrowing. I mean, obviously he's got arm strength and potential, but some of those interceptions were just bad reads, bad throws. He sure. looks like he's. Uh, like a second behind, mm-hmm. you know, in his decision making. Which, at the end of the day, why are we surprised? I'm not. I should. We shouldn't be surprised. No, not at all. He's going to take a year to get better, and and don't put him out there if he's going to be, you know, throwing five intercept or five interceptions and and one, you know, pit or one touchdown a game. You know, if he's going to if he's going to destroy his confidence, why do it? Yep. And I think I think all along Jay Gruden knew he wasn't ready, and you can't say it right. Sure. But, but it's it's pretty evident that it's going to be the Case Keenum and Colt McCoy show for most of the year. Assuming... Sorry. Well, just rubbed in my mouth a little bit. It's going to be Case Keenum show because Colt... Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so, you're, <laughs> so your bad is the O-line. The ugly was our quarterback play. 
you know, and turnovers and turnovers. That's what cost them. I mean, that. All right, that, give me the good now. Give me the positives. Jimmy Moreland. <laughs> oh hell yeah! That dude had like, I mean, he was tackling. I mean, he got beat a couple times. Of course, he's a rookie, but he was making plays. He wasn't scared. That guy is going to be. He might be our best rookie. I don't year. know, dude. Wes Martin looked pretty damn good. I'm not even kidding. Well, Wes Martin did look good, but Jimmy Moreland's been making plays from the yeah, jump. No, he's a, he's a yeah. freak show. Um, the front seven, they, a lot of the guys didn't play. We had two starters on D, we but they know. couldn't uh, uh, they couldn't run on us. Us like the they couldn't run on the Redskins front, which is what you would expect. I thought that was pretty good. I was I was encouraged by that. Um, so I thought the defense, you know, I mean Baker Mayfield took them down. And, and and there was a couple of busted protections and or, or secondary play, but all in all, I think the run defense was good. Um, so I, I I liked our defense, um, and I thought Wes Martin played okay, like you said. That was pretty good. Yeah, uh, quarterback play was nah. Yeah, you know, uh, receivers. I think Josh Dawson's getting cut. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I am done with him. I don't know. The, McLaren played one play. I don't know why he only played one play. I, I was either. hoping to sort of see him break out. Um, that was weird. He wasn't injured. Uh, but uh, He's basically a starter, so they didn't want to play him. I, I don't know why they didn't buy with the one play. but Exactly. Yeah, that's true. No, I, yeah. the, the was, one yeah. play, I was like, huh? I but, think it was the first play, so maybe it was just like, hey, uh, feel what it feels like to be in the starting 11. Go. <laughs> I right, have a seat, kid. <laughs> we even got to put down. bubble wrap on you now. And the ultimate um, – Good thing out of the game was that nobody got seriously injured, which is what you want. So, all in all, shitty performance on offense, uh, which is a sort of a hallmark under Jay Gruden in the preseason, um, and terrible offensive line play, uneven quarterback play from Haskins, which is a little bit disappointing because it's not like he was going against their best. Uh, some of the picks were like, you know, like, whoa, he's really not ready. Uh, defense played okay. Uh, the starters didn't play that much, and they couldn't they couldn't run against the, our front. So, you know, I expect hopefully to get a little better, a more even performance in week two. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's th- tomorrow night. But I think Colt is gonna. I think Colt's gonna start. I think. I think. What tomorrow? Yeah, he's tomorrow. already basically been ruled out. Yeah, oh, he's so. ruled out. Yeah. Well, I think. I think he's gonna start if he's healthy. Well, he's not. So. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, the pre- I mean the regular. Season. No, I know, but I, he's not healthy yet. So. It doesn't sound like he's actually that close to being in like game shape. Oh, really? Well, yeah. yeah. Here's go ahead, Todd. No, no, go ahead. So here, here's the deal. In the last day or two, you, we heard more and more that he's just this is last season's injury is still an issue, and I don't know who dug it up or if it, it was just just you know regurgitated from something in the spring. But you know they waited six eight weeks for him to have surgery last season because of the outside shot they had at making the playoffs. And Such I mean, a you know, Redskins I, mentality. I, I, this is not being brought up to bash the medical staff because I, I we don't know enough to know what's going on there, but it seems like another questionable decision. Now I'm sure Cole had a lot of input on it, but if him having the surgery immediately when he got injured would have changed this, it seems like a no-brainer that this is a, an error in mm-hmm. judgment either on his part or his agent's part or the medical staff because. It didn't seem like that bad of an injury, but it, whatever they did or didn't do caused all these other surgeries and things like that, and he's still not ready. <laughs> and that's just, it's like, I mean. I, okay, so is that your ugly? Is just the. Uh, the idiocy? Yeah. Uh, it's something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I pretty much agree with uh, everything Jerry said in terms of, uh, you know, each unit. But I'm Smart not, man. <laughs> he, he is. He is a smart man. Um, you are a smart man. Uh, but I, I can't put too much on, on the O-line and Callahan right now because – 
They didn't have anybody, I mean, zero starters in there. I mean, even if Penn ends up being your starter, he didn't start the game either. He started the game with three guys that probably won't make the team. So I'm just not that worried about it yet. Uh, it's pretty much same on D. Uh, two starters played. You know, I hope we see a few more this week. I, obviously, game three is always the, you know, the, the the only thing you really look at in the preseason. But I'm just, you know, I, I'd like to be more positive, but it's just I can't care about anything that happened. So you probably shouldn't care about anything I said. Yeah, right on. I mean, well, nobody, here's, nobody here's got hurt. Quick, here's my quick rundown. Well, uh, what's his name? So who's, who, who did get hurt? Uh, Deion Hamilton? Oh uh, yeah, back but yeah. not not yeah. serious. Cooley it? said it was uh, something with his cartilage in his chest. He's like, I'm sure it hurts, but he'll, he'll be fine. Kind of. Yes. Yeah, that guy yes. needs to start playing because yeah. you know, he's another guy. And the Redskins, this is what we said. They have uh, uh, maybe they have a bad medical staff, but they also draft people who have injuries. Now we've talked about this. I mean, it's yeah. just a laundry list of pre-existing conditions, right? They, that they, are known. They draft players that have injuries, and then they get surprised that. Now maybe it's it, it's it's always good on draft day. Like, wow, they got that guy. He's he slid and they got him. Well, there's a reason he slid. And right. while it sounds good that they got him, you can't expect you can't be surprised when an injured player who has a history of injuries gets injured. That's yeah, what because, they do because the draft is so deep with talented athletes. And Jimmy Moreland's a prime example. Here you have a guy from a small school, very little injury history of to note, and he's out there just flying around, making plays, doing everything else. And then you have highly touted guys, highly touted, I put in quotes, because of their pedigree from college with an injury history, and they can't even see the practice field, let alone right. the game field. So what's the point? Well, so, he, Deontay Hamilton needs to play because they need yes. him. Yes, they and do. he doesn't have a lot of experience. All right, so here's, here's my quick good, bad, and ugly. The good, we have a lot more athletes than I remember this team having on both sides of the ball, um, including the lines. As, as bad as the O-line was, and they were just dreadful. Like Jay said, almost no starters played of note. And we got athletes all over the field. So that, that that's at least a decent start. The bad, um, our coaching staff is atrocious. Yeah. They're so disorganized. They're looking around each other. And, and, and they have no idea what's going on. Um, I've belabored this point. They think they're too fucking smart for the room. And it shows because they look like morons. The ugly, our lack of pace for the athletes that we have is so painful to watch. We are so disorganized and slow, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball in terms of personnel changes, recognizing shifts, covering, um, pretty much anything that you talk about at a very basic high school level, we struggle with. There, that's a real problem. You know, I'm watching the game, and I know it's preseason, and I'm, conversely, I'm watching Cleveland, then I was watching Baltimore, I was even watching a little of the Oakland game because I was, I was intrigued a bit because of hard knocks. Nobody has these issues. No, I thought the Oakland game was a disaster on both sides. It was. Including the Rams who were a Super Bowl team. With no, the, no. It was a disaster in terms of, of on staff. the field. I'm telling you right now because the games are so unwatchable. You have to pick something to, to kind of focus on. Watch how poorly we change personnel and how disorganized and confused they look when they go out there. Well, Jay Gruden is notorious for being oh. a terrible preseason coach. Awful. Well, yeah, I mean, like, to, like Todd said, he doesn't care. And I, I he he doesn't care, but they, I mean, he's never so. prepared. <laughs> the team always looks, it's always a slow, but, but that's a recipe for a slow start. And they can't have a slow start with that schedule. So, Bingo. I know preseason is meaningless. I know that he doesn't care, and neither would I. I mean, we're sitting here, we're diehard football fans, and we're bashing the preseason. I mean, it's, it's a really terrible product. It is not a precursor to how your team is going to do, 
But when you see consistently uh, poor execution, it does generally translate on day one. Absolutely, you can. Well, this team can't I mean, flip a switch and no, be good no, no, all no. Yeah, you know, I don't disagree, and I think the too smart for the room thing is is an extremely important point. But they started out six and two last season, so that's true. Yeah, it is very very well a point taken. Yep. What do we do about Trent Williams, Todd? I, I said it two weeks ago. I'm shocked he's still here. I want him gone. I want him out of here. Um, whatever we can get as a return, we were just you know hashing out some of the uh, old school comps in terms of an, an elite offensive lineman. I don't think we're going to sniff what uh, they want for him and what some of the pundits say we may get. I'm hopeful that 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 we are aiming high, first second rounder, um, future picks down the road, that kind of thing. But I uh, I don't know the more. The more disenchanted it appears he has become with our franchise, the less his value is if you're a smart negotiating team with us. I agree. Um, the only thing we got going for us is, well, first of all, and i got to give them a little bit of props, they haven't screwed this up yet. <laughs> they have not. You're and right. I, I think you brought this up a couple weeks ago. I said, what's the positive? Maybe it was Jerry. The, the, what's the positive here? I said, well, they didn't, they didn't mess up yet, and yep. usually they have at this point. Yep. Um, and that's, I think that still holds. And I, what, what I do think is, you know, you keep hearing, oh, I won't play here, period. From and it's not from Trent directly; it's from sources. Right. But I think that's if they don't give me more money, I won't play here. Period. I think is what he's probably said. I mm-hmm. still, I still believe that, and it may yeah. just be again restructuring. You know, next year. Um, but I, what I think we have going for us because you're dead on in terms of we really have no true leverage in the situation in terms of other teams. But if there's more than one team that is interested, we don't need any. More than one team, and you we brought it up last more. week, Jerry. All it's going to take is for one of those top-tier teams to lose one of their tackles, and his value skyrockets at that point. Well, after doing a little bit more research on it to, uh, this week, I am convinced uh, this has nothing to do with anything but money. Um, I think Trent and his agent are leaking the medical staff as a way for him not to appear just like another greedy, um, greedy athlete who's holding out. But here's the facts. Trent Williams signed a five-year contract, and the first three years were player-friendly front-loaded. He got almost all of his money in the first three years. Okay. The last two years are team-friendly. Aha. Uh-huh. So he is now in year four. Yeah, especially He's, the last year. What is it? Less right. than two million. Dead so money. now he has played three years. So I, when you look at it from this perspective, I don't blame the team at all because they had a deal. And they front loaded it for his, for his benefit. And the last two years are team friendly part portions of the contract. And now he's holding out for more money. Right. Um, I think it's solely about money. I think they're foolish if they give him money and they don't reap the benefits that they did because he hasn't played. He's missed 25% of the games right. in the past couple of years. He's not going to play a full season. He's certainly on the downslope. And, uh, Today on uh, Adam or yeah Adam Schefter came on and said that the comp which I didn't I forgot about because it's so long ago like was, twenty years ago yeah it was nineteen ninety three almost Gary Zimmerman was playing for the Vikings seven time Pro Bowl had prime of his career was starting to fade and the Broncos gave up a first round pick and a sixth round pick in the next year's second wow to get him so. Schefter didn't think that the Redskins would receive less than a one and probably a little bit more. Wow. And the three teams, as being reported today, are New England. Right. Um, and I think it's uh, Houston. 
Okay. Maybe. I heard Minnesota and, somewhere too, maybe. And but I think it's all AFC and the Dolphins. Hmm. They they report today that they're asking about him. So that'd be tremendous. I'd love to send him down to Miami. If you could get a one first round pick and another pick, I say oh. good riddance. See bye you bye. later. Bye bye. And I think it's setting up that way. Um, I thought when there was a possibility of the training staff, well, that's something you can iron out. That's like more of hurt feelings type stuff. Right. And not business. Um, but I think this is all about money. And he's just upset because he reaped the benefits of the contract and now it's team friendly. Mm-hmm. And he's lost all of his leverage. And so he's holding out. So if they can get a first and a pick, see you later. Hey, I'm down. And you make a really good point about um, the structure of the deal and how this is not coincidence at all. You know, he knows he's an aging tackle. He knows he has a medical history and the money that's going into his pocket right now is less than it's been, (laughs) you know? And I think it goes back to something I've been saying for for a couple of weeks now in terms of, I have a feeling that certain promises were made that the Redskins are not fulfilling, Hmm. you know, Hey, we know, you're hurt. You need surgery now. This was his, you know, kneecap thing a couple of years ago. Right. But we still have an outside shot at the playoffs, just similar to what happened mm-hmm. with Colt last mm-hmm. year. And just they they said, look, you know, if if you're still, you know, you know, Pro Bowl level, we will restructure this deal closer to the end so this doesn't hurt you. Sure. He played through. He didn't get what they promised. And yep. I think but that's where again it does in to me, I'm not gonna say it's all about money, but I think it can be solved by money. So I I, I disagree with you. I don't think the Redskins have done anything wrong. I think the Redskins... Actually, that's that's the point he just made, is the Skins are, are playing this correctly. Well, no, I, mean, I don't think they made any well, promises. I think Bruce Allen sucks. Well, Bruce probably Allen does suck. He's probably you know, a terrible human yeah, being. Not, and, you know. <laughs> you know, but I don't think the Redskins made any... I think this is a situation where he played under the contract that was beneficial to him, and he simply doesn't want to play under a contract right. that's not right, beneficial right, right. to him. Sure. So... He well, got he got his money. He wants more money. Well, for our purposes, I hope he's gone because I'd much rather talk about the 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 return that we've gotten on moving him, yeah, letting him be somebody else's yeah. headache and play twelve or thirteen games, you know, barely, um, and then allowing us to move forward with some more known quantities on the line. And I think that every year there's an extra quote unquote roster spot that you go, Ooh, why'd they cut that tight end? It's because they needed an, another guy in the secondary or why'd they cut that guy in the secondary because they needed another O lineman on the roster that's serviceable and decent. And for the first time in a long time, we have a lot of decent bodies, how good they're going to be. I don't know, but we do have some movable parts up there. Um, I think it's and, better competition than we've had in a yeah, long time. I, There's actually legit decisions to make instead of completely agree. Okay, these three guys suck. We need to keep one right. of them. Now right. it's like they're going to have to cut a couple of players that somebody else is going to want. We haven't seen that in, I don't know, a decade. <laughs> you know, well, the good more. news here is too, as bad as 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 we like to rag on the Redskins for being the the you know like the bad seed in the group, they're pretty much like a lot of other organizations right now with some high priced talent that's doing the diva role. You know, and our friends in Dallas, so we talked about it before, but did you hear Dak? Um, oh, my God. Did you hear he turned down an offer for $30 million per year? He wants $40 million a year. What is the guarantee on that, though? I don't care. God I, I, bless I him. Please pay him $40 million a year. Please, please, please pay him $40 million a yeah, year. Yeah, no, he's, he's at that level of, fuck you guys. I don't even care if you even have... 10 other guys on the field with me, you know, I I'll, I'll play, I'll play seven V 11 if I need to, as long as I can get 40 million guaranteed. Um, so yeah. he's definitely playing that Zeke hasn't budged at all. Apparently he's in Cabo. Yeah, sure <laughs> That's where he's, he's quote unquote training right now. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Uh, 
I, I would love to see Zeke's uh, beach workouts. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the Le'Veon Bell situation was a game changer because he was the one guy who did it. He he held out for the year, and I, I think it's going to ultimately be a mistake to him. But that was it's it's hard to be the first guy to do anything, and he did it. And now more people, I think more players are trying to get more leverage. So you're going to see so more too. holdouts. Yep. We went, I mean, five years ago, we weren't having many holdouts at all. Nope. I mean, I don't remember, you know. Well, you'd get the one here and there. Here and there, I mean, but I feel not like, like, you know, there's been, and it's not, I mean, they're all ho- really high profile guys, too. These are all pro bowlers. Right. You know, this isn't just, oh, some random guy who did outperform his contract and wants more money. I mean, we're talking a dozen guys that are. You know, oh, yeah. pro bowl level players, and it makes me wonder because what are we? How far are we away from the potential lockout? Um, a year or two. Yeah, a year. Somebody said eighteen months. So like post post next season. Exactly. Okay. So it makes me wonder if some of these guys are trying to preserve a year on their bodies so they huh. can sign and you know get another year after the next lockout or after the next CBA. Well, I think um, what they should be thinking about is us because what is this going to do to always. us as we draft for our fantasy teams? And we don't even know if Melvin Gordon or you know, Zeke are going to be on the field. This I, is a disaster. This is what I did last year, right? Didn't I take – I took Le'Veon – there was a year I took Le'Veon yeah, Bell. I, I and took Connor. Yeah, thank you. Set Appreciate up the that. entire fucking um, year. But, well, apparently – He him, won't sit out. Oh, right. shit. He sat out the whole year. <laughs> True or not, I don't know. But uh, apparently Le'Veon came out and said, he's like, I really wanted to tell my fans not to pick me. I wasn't going to play. My agent wouldn't let me. So. Oh, that's too good. That's hilarious. That's so great. I, I would love a more fantasy-friendly uh, free agency system, I'm going to be honest with you. So did you guys watch the Ravens? I did. Watched watched a good bit, How actually. How much did uh, Trace play? I didn't see any of it. So Trace played wow, about as much as Haskins. I think yeah. so. I, yeah. I I watched uh, a little bit of the, of the first-teamers, and they didn't run Lamar at all. Nope. He, they threw, but you know, the Jags were playing nobody. I mean, they, they, I don't think they played. Do they have anybody? Well, I, <laughs> I think they have some talent on defense, but they didn't play them. But it was, I mean, it was a boring game, 29 nothing. But, uh, I thought, I thought that it was what impressed me is that they didn't have to move the ball by Lamar Jackson running. Mm-hmm. It was sort of a traditional look. Yep. It wasn't this dynamic, you know, thing, but he seemed to be able to throw the ball a little bit better. He seemed to be able to process things a little better. He's not going to ever be a quarterback, I don't think that that you know gets four 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 reads in the game and goes through his progressions. He's one two boom, mm-hmm. one two run. Uh, first guy's open, second guy's open. No boom, I'm, I'm taking off. Mm-hmm. So, and if um, he can morph into take off and still be in a passing position, he could be that hybrid Russell Wilson type because Wilson doesn't sit in the pocket and go through his progressions either. He's not that tall. He knows his arm. He's, he's got a pretty good arm, but you know he'll go one, two, and then he'll get his ass out of the pocket to get to three and four or take off if he has to. Well, I think he's definitely a better thrower than Jackson, but I think that's exactly what I see out of that Baltimore offense. It's exactly. It's like yep. hot read, not there, roll out. But I think, they would, you know, I think I was talking about this last week. They will give him options at that point. He will have a couple of, you know, it's like that second and third option are going to come on the rollout. Yep. And I, I think that's what we're going to see. I think so, too. But their defense, the, the Ravens have an uncanny ability to replace <laughs> aging veterans on How? defense. How? With, it's all about scheme. Yeah, but, but, with, but with, I guess they, they draft very well to fit the personnel to their scheme. Whereas maybe. What, what an idea. Yeah. What a shock. So, I mean, Shocking it's development. It's like, you know, I mean, who could lose C.J. Mosley 
And well, Suggs was, you know, he's old as shit, but he wasn't that good. But CJ Mosley and Eric Weddle, yep, and all those guys, and you're replacing a lot of the linebackers with non traditional names, and they come in and they just freaking eight tackles. Yep. So you know? scheme is one. Competition at the position is two. I think they've cool. re- always done a really good job of bringing guys in. Um, and <laughs> here's here's a complete shocking uh, <laughs> stat again. They don't draft injured, injury-prone guys. They do their due diligence, and they draft healthy guys that you may have never heard of. And Jimmy Moreland, we, we've brought him up a million times. He's the kind of guy that the Ravens would have gotten in the past. You know, well, the fact that he slipped yes. through theirs and other teams' fingers, and we were we were uh, wise or lucky enough, as it were, to to draft him. That's a Ravens type player. I think yeah. you take a chance, like because I mean, you know, we talk about the they do a better job, you know, in terms of injuries and things. But they drafted Brown, right? Who mm-hmm. had a pretty big injury last year. True, he, but, he didn't play week one. I don't yeah. think he played preseason. Uh, but the thing is, there again, that's you still there, there's such a high ceiling mm-hmm. that it's. I think it's worth the risk there. But when you go rounds three through seven. Unless you want to just throw away those picks, in other words, why bother? You need to take guys. You know, okay, go around early on a guy who's going to stay in the field. And I actually think our boy Wes Martin's a good example of that. What did he? Didn't he have some like forty plus starts or something like that yeah. in college? Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, bad side of that is there's a lot of you know wear on the tires, but obviously he can perform if he's out there every week. Absolutely. And that's the kind of thing I think that the, the Ravens have done well is they'll say, you know what, we'll go around too high on this guy because you know what, he 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 will be out there instead of going in two years because he can't stay in the field. Hmm. And that's. That's a great philosophy, obviously. It seems simple, but apparently it's not. No, I think, well, they I had think a, right. they had a really good week one. I think everybody's that that team is exuding optimism. Yep. Well, they've like won we talked what, about fourteen preseason games in a row, and it's really helped them in the regular season. Well, they're they're very organized. I'm kidding. Yes, of course, they are. They're they're we we've belabored the point, but they're they're well coached. They're organized. They don't have any showstoppers per se, but they still have playmakers. Um, and 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 I definitely get jealous sometimes. In middle of the season, when I see them grind out some god awful game in like the sleet in Cincinnati, and they find a way to win seventeen thirteen, and you're like, oh, they got lucky again. It's like no, they do it every fucking time. They figure it out. They they just grind. They have schemes. They have systems. They have personnel that fits it instead of just trying to plug holes left and right. Yeah. Um, Except when they got a fourth and 25 or whatever against Cincinnati in week 17 when they need to make the playoffs and they can't make the play. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I do recall that. But hey, at least they, at least they, they were, were there. Yes, at least they were relevant. That's very true. Um, we, we don't even know what that's like. No, not at all. I mean, our our biggest you know feather in our cap right now is that we started 6-2 and two last year. Ugh. Yeah, scored yeah. a combined like 50 points. Yeah, it's so bad. So it bad. Is. Well, you guys want to transition into uh, into some college football talk on our way to talking some Nats? Not really. <laughs> West Virginia is going to be terrible. I didn't say local college football. We can talk a little bit of everything. Um, fantasy. Always do that, too. I'll break it down for you. Clemson, Alabama, again, for the third consecutive or maybe even fourth consecutive year in a championship. That's what's going to be. It's looking very likely. It's looking very likely. Well, let's uh, let, let, let's continue with our football talk as we take a, a quick break and and, and join us in uh, part two. And we're gonna we're gonna pick up our NFL talk and transition into some more uh, some more local news on the uh, on the gridiron, and then transition to our Nats. Please join us in part two. And welcome back to Wings, Beers, and Tears as we continue our football discussion. So what do you think league-wide, do you think these holdouts, do you think that these um, very key player decisions 
are are we've talked about the fact that they're becoming more prevalent. How is that going to affect the next CBA? And in the short term, like Jeremy said, are some of these guys banking on the fact that there may be a lockout in the next year or two? And they're going, hey, you know what? Fuck you. I'm holding out for my payday. I don't think it's going to affect holdouts because there's nothing really you can do in the CBA to prevent this. I mean, there's going to be good contracts. There's going to be bad contracts. Um, guys are going to be happy with a contract, a front-loaded contract when they sign it, and then right. they're going to get unhappy when other people who they think they're better than are starting to get more money, and that uh, becomes team-friendly. So right. um, I think that's inevitable, and that's just a part of the game. Sure. I, just, I just think if, if um, this, the owners are always going to have leverage. They're always going to have more leverage than the players because the owners have built-in money, and the players need money. I was just going to say, I mean, I, I admire the likes of Le'Veon Bell and those guys for taking a stand. And you, you even said it. It's hard to be the first guy to do anything, especially in an institution like the NFL. But these guys got to get paid, and their careers are not that long. Someone said Trent Williams makes like seven hundred grand a game. How could you walk away from that I, money? I, I know. I, I don't understand. And speaking of per game, what was it? If Dak were to sign some ridiculous you know, lucrative deal, he could be making an upwards of like two and a half mil per game. For two, t- for two touchdowns and one interception game. <laughs> yeah. no, he's a nice guy, kind of, at least. No, but um, <laughs> I, I think that the, to, to sort of answer the question about what can happen in the next CBA is, you know, it, I think that it's so completely ridiculous that the NFL is the only league where contracts aren't fully guaranteed. That's true. The, See, and the that, most brutal sport. So I think that's what is probably going to be the biggest change. They're never the going to guarantee it. You, you can't make that That's going to be such up. a battle, though, it, isn't it? You know, That's going to be such a fight. It, it, it is, but I, I think that enough guys now, I mean, because we're sort of now past the concussion, What what's the deal with concussion era? We know, and it's not, and we also, I think, through all the research on concussions, all the other injuries, you know, it's these guys only play three or four years. But quarterbacks. The money needs to be guaranteed. Quarterbacks are getting guaranteed, like, like Kirk's, you know, all the quarterback Kirk's contract is almost all guaranteed. Uh, I think <laughs> it's almost, he I was think, the first, though. Yeah, but I think that's the new trend for yeah. quarterbacks anyway. It's a quarterback-driven league. But, they, you know, one player. You know, I no, think, no, but, I think but, that's – But know, it's coming now. All all, all the quarterbacks uh, – who just signed? Um I mean Brady, but that's he's always he's always <laughs> he's an exception. anomaly. He's yeah. different. Yeah, you know, yeah, you but, but I think quarterbacks from now on will get ninety percent of their contracts guaranteed. Otherwise, they won't sign it. And by the way, in that whole Kirk saga, he was the man. That guy played that scenario perfectly. Mm-hmm. How good would the Redskins be right now if they had Kirk Cousins, even at twenty million dollars a year? I think you asked this before, and I, th- I said I think we'd still go eight and eight. I don't know. I don't know, That's man. If you, had a, if you had a good running yeah, game and with with a guy who has been with Jay Gruden for six years and knows everything about the, because I think that's the biggest problem and you with know our what, quarterbacks. May, you know what? Maybe you're right because I've been sitting here bitching and moaning about how we don't play with pace. We're not organized. For everything else. I mean, we'd be a hell of a lot more organized and a hell of a lot quicker and and more recognition on the field with a guy like Kirk. That's for sure. the that's the thing. What did Kirk Cousins sign for? Like twenty four million dollars, twenty three million dollars a year. Is that was that about right? Does that in Minnesota? That, in Minnesota, yeah, I thought it was yeah. more like twenty seven or something. Okay, but. in two years, that's going to be a ben- that's going to be a bargain. Assuming he doesn't shit the bed, right? right? Uh, he did not have a good year last year, 
But assuming he doesn't shit the bit, that's going to be a bargain. Because if Dak Prescott's at $40 million, you're going to be looking back going, holy shit, we could have gotten Kirk Cousins, who probably throws for better stats and probably a better quarterback, than Dak Prescott. And then who's next? Who's after Dak? It's it's just it's climbing and climbing and climbing. Right. Um, I don't think Dak Prescott's gonna get forty million dollars a year. I think he's probably gonna get thirty two to thirty three million dollars a year. Which is still just which is still silly. crazy. Yeah. I I I, I don't know. I but don't know. if you're Dallas, you're hamstrung, you cannot let that popular I mean, he is the guy. He's the jersey guy, he is the face of the franchise, and you can't let him go. You you they are in a bind. He's not definitely not worth the money. And it's a it's a bad contract on the field, but for marketing purposes and for fan support and PR, that guy's a good dude. I was gonna say you're for, never. I mean, in Jerry world, you almost can't afford not to have him be the well, face you, of your yeah, franchise. Yeah, you, you can't let him go. Yeah, yeah. But but I but I'm telling you, from what everybody, and I don't know the guy, but from what everybody says about him, he's not a guy you got to worry about doing drugs or uh, spousal abuse or anything like that. Right. He's a straight up dude, a uh, good guy, clean. Um, you know, like you know, like like a Kirk Cousins right type guy, mm-hmm. and which is important because it is. you know, all I, right. Which leads to the huge question here: Does anybody even take a flyer on him at fantasy this year, or without Zeke, is that offense just a disaster? That offense is a disaster. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't see it being that great without because I mean, I, I, Cooper and Dak are going to play. I'm guessing. Is that where we are? I think so. Yeah, Dak is. Dak, Dak wants the long-term money. He wants the big boost, but I think he's still in camp and playing. Now, if he has Cooper, his numbers got a lot better. Yeah, I guess. You know, um, But Jason Whitney, I mean, come on, dude. I mean, I thought he died two years ago. Um, <laughs> Almost I, did. Yeah, I don't think he's going to. He sounded so good in the booth last year. Oh, though. man, that was, that was painful. <laughs> our, our pod, he couldn't even be on our podcast. He could not. If he was on our podcast, we'd be like, let's was, bring back Jeremy. What, what did he pull a rabbit out of his head? Is that what it was? Is that what, was that his line? <laughs> right, rabbit out of we got to bring back Jeremy. I miss the days with Jeremy. <laughs> we we took a flyer on Witten, but it turns out yeah. what a bumbling that idiot that a, guy was. That guy's a douche. <laughs> well, if I can go play tight end for the Cowboys and make that check, I'll, I'll, I'll see you guys I later. wish you would play tight end for the Cowboys. That's If they sign Dak Prescott the $40 million, you will be playing tight end for the Cowboys. <laughs> That's all they're going to. Is Jeremy even moving? He looks like he's running, but he's not going anywhere. <laughs> they'll, be getting, they'll be getting the deaf tight end from the replacements. <laughs> They'll tell Jeremy to just stop, drop, and roll on the field. <laughs> Go downhill, Jeremy. If I played tight end, I'd have one like a one a one yard out, one yard in. That'd be my route tree. You get blown up by the outside linebacker. Yeah. How bad would I get hurt on my first play? Oh, we all would. God. Yeah, it, we joke about it. We wouldn't last I was, half a play. I was coaching my little kids, my JV kids, and uh, I had to snap. I snapped like four times. I like kept racking myself. I was like, this used to be so much easier. <laughs> my, Did you have to take a break from yeah, snapping? Yeah, my thighs were killing me getting in that stance and like holding it there. Oh, I, was, I am so – I'm such today? a piece of shit. Yeah. This, yeah, but this was today, Jerry? No, this was like oh, last week. Today, He's I, still recovering. Yeah, I don't do anything now. Worse, that's, yeah. I'm like, well, you need somebody to snap. we got to cancel practice. I'm so, done. <laughs> so talk about taking it down a level in football, and 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 we will we will do more in depth previews into into the Terps, into the Mountaineers, and into the big conferences um, as we get a little bit closer. Um, it have to be next week, boys, because season starts after that's that. That's correct. That's correct. Just just teasing it a little bit. Um, Here is the top five. Tell me if this sounds go. familiar. Let's go. Tell let's me go. if you've heard of these teams. Number one, Clemson. Number two, Alabama. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Oklahoma. Number five, 
Ohio State. Have you ever heard of those programs? Nope. I have not. Wow. They're really uh there's a good bit of shakeup in uh, college football this year. Sounds awesome. And it never fails. Texas preseason number ten. Love it. They will suck as usual. They'll go eight nine. I know, I know. They got a great quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Every year, them and Notre Dame are so hyped up preseason yep. and they all end up like a twenty two. Yeah. You know, or or out of the top twenty five. Well, look. Texas can still bring in the recruits. They're still the big name. Well, they did a home and home series with fucking yeah. Maryland. They didn't have to and Maryland yet. beat them in two. They don't no, have to play Maryland this year. Notre so they da- be fine. Yeah, Notre Dame is number nine. Texas is number ten. Notre Dame's a joke. I'm telling you, yeah. they are the classic. Every fucking year, they're in the top ten, and every and know, every know, year they suck. Yep, they don't suck, but they're not top ten. No, they they're like eight and eight, eight and three or something. Whatever. I would love to see the mighty fall a bit this year. It doesn't appear that Clemson and Alabama are going anywhere. No, they're going. Okay, so those two are legit. I but, would love to play football for Dabo Sweeney. That dude seems awesome. And I used seem to, great. I used to think he was a buffoon. In fact, when I came, when I came back from West Virginia, uh, I went down to Miami to watch West Virginia play uh, Clemson, and West Virginia won seventy to thirty three. And I was like, that coach is a freaking moron. He's yep. out there like throwing his hat around, and he yep. sounds like a goober. And I was like, man. We got Dana Holgerson. That guy's like the next one. And now I can't wait to get rid of him. But, but Dabo. Hey, look, Holgerson just fell off his chair in the casino again and now assaulted someone. But it's all, it's all, it's obviously <laughs> all in his car. Like, it's obviously all about recruiting. And oh, Dabo. Dude, he is. Dabo seems to bring a fan. Whereas Nick Saban is like a Russian czar. Yes. And he's like the Ayatollah, whatever the, you know, this is my way or the highway. Nobody smiles. Nobody has fun. Blah, 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 blah. You know, we work. 20 hours a day. Dabo Sweeney seems to be fun-loving, mm-hmm. and that guy gets everybody. He's like the Eddie Haskell of recruiters. Yeah. He walks in, and he smiles, and and they, you know the parents go, ooh, you got a lot of competition. Well, every, you can't make a bad choice. He's a good young man. Good luck to you if you don't come to Clemson. Meanwhile, Saban's like, you don't come here? Go fuck yourself. You know, Good, <laughs> I have, good luck. I have, I, have, I have heard stories about Saban off. from people who have been recruited, and he said to the parents, Nick Saban said, um, your son better be ready to work. He's not leaving in the summer. He's staying here year round. He will graduate. And if he doesn't do everything I tell him to do, there'll be someone just as good next year to take his spot. Yep. And that, it was like, that was it. It was no, just he totally deadpan. plays the, Oh, you're, you have, you're having doubts. Oh, you know what? Uh, that scholarship offers off yeah. the table because by the way, there's a five star right down the block. But he that I'm just, gonna go visit. he just seems, you know, like a dictator, and he is a dictator. Obviously, it's Alabama, and he is the king. But he, it seems like a no fun program compared to the way Dabo Sweeney runs it. Could not agree more. He's out more. there dancing around, and you know they're having story time, and you know it's just you hear stories about mm-hmm. that. And you know, kudos to him, man. Oh yeah. When Saban retires, Alabama will throw the state treasury at Dabo Sweeney to get him there because he plays from there and he played yep. there. Yeah. Yep. He, you know, and he just signed this massive deal, but I think there's an out clause for Alabama. <laughs> of course there is. Whatever that, whatever the buyout is, they'll pay it. Oh, of course. Of course. Great, great Dabo Sweeney story. Um, so Jeremy and I, Maryland, Clemson, second to last year of Freegen's era. So early 2000s, yeah. mid 2000s, maybe one of the worst years in Freegen's era. Maryland had all the injuries at quarterback. They ended up going 2-10 and 10 that year. They beat JMU in overtime and then proceeded to just get blown out. We're like, we're not going to win another game this year. So Clemson comes to town. I hope we beat JMU in overtime this year. <laughs> no shit. Um, they got some athletes, dude. Um, so Clemson comes to, to Maryland. Definitely one of those late October games. Clemson's like, 
seven and two. Maryland's one and one and eight yep. or whatever. Yep. We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. We're like, holy shit, we might win this fucking game. This is amazing. So I think it's 13 to 10, Maryland. Clemson has the ball. It's like fourth and inches on like our 20. And they kick the field goal. We're like, thank you. <laughs> Tied at 13. Maryland runs the kickoff down to like the 15-yard line, kicks the field goal, and wins it. 16-13. So there's a Clemson guy in our row. He's on the end. Old, nerdy dude. He's, got his, he's listening to the Clemson feed on his old that headphones. And, uh, and he's sitting there. And he's like talking to himself the whole time. The game ends. He rips his headphones off, slams his hat on the ground, and goes, God damn you, Dabo Sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I know. And Jeremy and I are like, holy shit. We're Maryland's gonna win two freaking games and we just beat Clemson. And then a decade later, Dabo's yeah, yeah, gonna laugh. I caught him a buffoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Might even have been Dabo's first year. I don't I don't know. Oh, so great. No, but no, but kudos well, to him. Uh, like hold you on said. a second. I just did get a little bit of a uh, uh, like a like a woody. Oh, nice. On August 24th, which is what? Next Saturday. Next Saturday, yeah. Miami at Florida. Yep. That's first the first game of the game year. Of the year. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Got That's a early. Sliced. I didn't think they went that early. Yeah. I thought it was usually the Thursday before Memorial or uh, Labor Day. They All like I know get, is the yeah. game is at 7, and about 5 o'clock, I'll be so excited. Holly's going to have... Holly's going to have 15 minutes of joy. Actually, <laughs> for me, that's, she, that's she might have no... Okay, let's just get to the game on. Is Dateline <laughs> on? <laughs> Damn, um, now, now I'm Now boosted. I'm pumped, man. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I like to get one one game or two the week before everybody starts. That's They've great. That but I think traditionally so. it was always some shit game. Yeah, it was you know, always it was like, like some I mean, Central was, Michigan game. To get it was like Houston and Tulane or something. The last few years, they, they've tried to have one... One well, that's legit. For, I, I mean, Miami and Florida are, are respectively not what, what they once were. No, but those are names. But they are names. Yeah, but last year there was one, too, because they were like one team could be knocked out of the, uh, you know, the, the championship weekend or whatever. You, I don't remember what the hell they call that now. I think but, it was Notre Dame and well, somebody. It, it, Notre it, Dame had a big win. Yeah, that night, something, yeah, that night but, um, at 7 is Miami, Florida, and at 10.30 is Arizona, Hawaii. But then on Thursday, you follow up with UCLA at Cincinnati and Wagner at UConn. Has any football program in America dropped off like UConn? Worst defense in history? Is that I mean, Randy year? Etzel was a winner, and he's back. Now he's oh, I thought like, you were going to say he's a wizard. Like, no, he like was bad he, magic wizard. Like, like he was like always like 8 and 3, and right? And, and then he came to Maryland and lost his mojo, and now he's back at UConn. God, that was such a bad hire. Such a bad hire. Fuck. That was a bad hire. God, I thought it was so a great hire. It was like one of those where you got a solid man. He's going to get you I eight or nine wins. remember you texted me and you're like, you guys got Etzel. I was like, fuck, really? And you're like, dude, that's a good hire. I, I thought it not eight or nine because at, at, at UConn, he was always eight or nine wins. Eight True. or nine wins. Well, True. He just going to a BCS Bowl, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Beat Oklahoma or whatever they did. Hey, he was a good He's a good man. He was a nice guy. Didn't get us in trouble. Just not not the coach he's, to take Maryland. He's the antithesis of Loxley. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will be scoring 50 points a game. Sweet. You're going to great recruiting, but it's going to be like pins and needles in the offseason when, they, when, they're, when the NCAA is looking at sanctions for our teams. No way. He learned from Saban. He, he knows. He's got the he he's got this, around things. He's got the quintessential rug now and, and, and the dust buster. And everything's going to go right under the Check rug. Check this out. So, And I know Georgia Tech has fallen off because I think Paul Johnson retired. Clemson is a 36-point favorite against in, 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 a, in a conference game against a Division I Power 5 program who's had success in a national championship. 
35, 36 point game. I mean, these, that's amazing. These teams are juggernauts. I mean, the, the the top five that you just named. I mean, talk about just their factories. They just get these athletes in and they win games and they get them out and they get them to the NFL. And I mean, they are the they they, they are the the standard bearer in the NCAA. But a lot of these programs now, their coaches have either retired, they're long in the tooth, and as a result, their assistants have gone elsewhere. That's how Sweeney got his gig. It's how Locks is, is at yep. Maryland with his. Um, the predecessor at Ohio State. Um, and eventually these guys are going to go elsewhere and get their jobs. So I would hope that the, the formulas tend to trickle down a little bit. And you see some teams. You see the, the Illinois, the Maryland's. You see the, uh, the Georgia Techs, the NC States competing with the Clemsons, competing with the Ohio States and with the Alabamas down the road. I hope. Well, and it should happen. I mean, eventually, it's it, those you know blue bloods. It will never are, happen. You know, well, the blue bloods are going to be the blue bloods. There's no question about that. Is that a term in football, or is that just for basketball? Anyway, oh, it translates yeah. well. Okay. West Virginia will never beat Oklahoma ever. I mean, I, I, they'll, they'll never be. Haven't you beaten them, them since you've no. been in the Big Twelve? No, really. Every year it's a loss, hmm. and it's close at home, and it's an absolute shit kicking down there. <laughs> you beat Texas down there, though. I don't know why West Virginia yeah, so can't get in the ACC. Honestly, it's a it's a natural fit. It should have happened. I know Duke didn't want West Virginia in there, and North Carolina didn't want it, and that's why they didn't get in. Right. But to go to the Big 12, there are no natural rivalries. If West Virginia could play Virginia Tech, there'd be murder, death kills, <laughs> <laughs> or Virginia. It'd be like a real live-action Fortnite game. Yeah, or, or some of the, you know, those Virginia Tech assholes, they think they're not rednecks. They're rednecks just like us. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you yeah, think absolutely. your trailer's better than my trailer? We get it from the same freaking lot. Right, yeah. but the, you know, it's because Virginia Tech people are looked down upon by Virginia people, so we're the, you know, so that, that's where they get, you know, very whatever. true, very but, true. But but and, and but see, that's the shit I love about college football, though, right? And of know? course, I'm being facetious. I have a lot of Virginia Tech friends, and I, but that program is is down. But that's a natural rivalry. Yes, you know, yes. If West Virginia joined the Bay, uh, the ACC, it would be great for me because it's closer. Mm-hmm. Right? But Pitt would be there, and. And, you know, Virginia Tech, Virginia, closer, you know, UVA's even, I mean, uh, UNC's even closer. Oh, absolutely. Those are all very drivable for a weekend. I mean, well, Charlotte's the redneck Riviera, man. That's where (laughs) where everybody from West Virginia who can get employed drives down to Charlotte. That's like the Mecca. (laughs) So I don't, I was disappointed. I mean, I understand why Oliver Luck did it because West Virginia was sort of left holding the bag. I mean, there was nowhere to go. I was worried that they were going to be the next UConn. Right, so they so Oliver Luck got him in the Big Twelve with the help of Texas. Yes, by the way, who we yes. all make fun of and horns down and all that. They got us in the Big Twelve, and but it's 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 such a shitty freaking fit. I mean, who gives a shit about an Iowa State West Virginia game? I don't give a shit about that or Kansas. You know, or, yeah, you, or you, these yeah, teams. You, just, you don't. Yeah, really but every know. conference has their outliers. Every but at least Maryland has Penn State, yeah. who's relatively close. Rutgers. And, and yeah, Rutgers. <laughs> Piscataway. Every, everybody the needs destin- Rutgers. The great destination Piscataway. It's another program has fallen off. It's yeah. Shiano. Yeah. But no, every every conference has their their bottom feeders, the 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 teams that are always looking up in awe of the others and trying to climb the ladder a little bit. 
And each of those tends to have their their day, though, right? I mean, there were the years when Vanderbilt won, you know, got to a bowl game in the SEC. Last year, Kentucky was top 15, yeah. top 20 for most well, of the like season. UConn, like we mentioned earlier, you know, yeah. it does happen. You know, Boise's had years, you sure. know, so. And in the Big Ten, um, last year, Indiana and, and Purdue made noise, you know? I mean, those were two programs that hadn't done much, and they, they were relevant. Looking at week one, there's not a lot of huge games. I mean, not a lot of, like, you know, ones versus fives or anything like that. Um I'm looking down at the uh, at the schedule. Three o'clock is usually when the big you know you'll get an SEC game. So you mean Maryland Howard at noon is not uh, you high see on the docket. South Carolina UNC. <laughs> that's pro- that's a decent named game. Um, App State East Tennessee State. Go Sean, my, my friends of the Appalachian State offensive coordinator. That's right. Um, I, I hope they have success. Uh, but they also. Pitt UVA and that's a hamstring game. I hope everybody has pulled hamstrings. <laughs> All the fans have pulled hamstrings. I hate everybody at the. That you just root my, for the meteor in that I, game. Yeah, yeah. I, I just root. I just root for hamstring pulls. <laughs> what do we want? Hamstring pulls. When do we want them? Now. All, All the way around. And there's one particular Pitt fan. You know I'm talking about you. I hope you pull your hamstring. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Fuck the penguins. Ah. Uh, too good. The only professional franchise I know that goes bankrupt twice. <laughs> good shit. They're good at it. Yeah, well, the hockey gods definitely shown down on them. Um, so, that, so that's some pretty decent uh, excitement level for college football. Oh, and and, and so that game excited. on the 24th has me fucking boosted now. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm glad that... Uh, Holly, that. I am sorry. <laughs> Thank God. Jeremy, I will, you can watch if you want. I will be out of town that weekend. <laughs> Thank Christ. Uh, <laughs> Can I go to the club? Can Jeremy and I go to the club and watch it there? Sure. <laughs> of course they can. Put it on the Underhill spill? Absolutely right. I'll have a steak sandwich and a steak sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> a little caviar, some Dom Perignon. Uh, so speaking of cavi- caviar and Dom Perignon, um, it's not what the Nats are exactly uh, <laughs> drinking and eating right now, but they're playing good baseball against the shitty teams. Um, and they just today... Completed the sweep against uh, Cincy, I believe. 17-4 last I saw. I don't know what the They won 17-7. Not even that fucking bullpen could blow that. No kidding. Um, But against the Mets, (laughs) against the Mets, they freaking, they were up in the eighth Uh, inning every game. They only won one of them. Yep. What the fuck, man? I don't know. I don't know. And it's not like they didn't try to improve their bullpen. I know. You know? God. Well, they're, 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 is the biggest jumbled cluster F right now in the, in the National League wild card race. The good news is the Nats are right in it. And by all rights, they have every opportunity to, to make it in. Um, and we've discussed that that spot for them being a wild card team may be their, their ticket to going deep. Um, but they got to get there. They got to get and, there. Um, I'm hoping the next few weeks will start to weed out a few teams. I mean, what are there, six teams within like three games? Yeah, yeah, I think the the Nats were up by one game, and they're the, the clusterfuck of teams. Well, yeah, up by one over the next team, and then there's well, even, yeah. even, half game well, behind, one game behind. And against teams who are used to winning and know how to win in the playoffs, which yep. scares me because yep. the Nats don't know how to do So like, yeah. every time you're playing St. Louis, you're like, holy shit, I can't name one player, and it's a terrible town other than – well, it's a terrible town. Um, <laughs> Blues fans would disagree with you. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> Fuck them. We're going to win a Stanley Cup. But uh, – <laughs> No, but 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 they know when you play against the Cardinals, you know they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna clack, you know they're gonna get a win. It's gonna be I was gonna scratch and claw. I couldn't get it out though. <laughs> was, was so who's gonna scratch and claw? St. Louis. Um, yeah, St. Louis. Gotcha. And they're gonna yeah. win yeah, yeah, yeah. like four two. 
on some Nats are going to have leave 17,000 men on base. I was going to say the Nats like are going to have uh, 12 hits and two runs, and St. Louis will have four hits, four exactly, runs. Exactly, but they'll, yeah. be, they'll be efficient. Yeah. Well, here's, here's where I think Todd's been championing this idea of the wild card pretty much all season, and where it sets up is this, and this is probably going to sound backwards, but it's what I do. <laughs> that, that wild card team is going to have to play the Dodgers, who's obviously clearly the favorite if not in the whole league, definitely in the National League. I agree. But again, you get through, you get over that hurdle of winning their first series ever. Well, then you already passed the best team. Exactly. And so you, you know, of course, then I think it's St. Louis or I forget who the third team is in there, but they're not as good as the Dodgers. Right. So again, take our three pitchers, assuming Scherzer's health, and you know, it's it opens the, the door is open. Put it sure, Scherzer presumably, if he's healthy, would pitch the wild card game. Which would mean he would pitch Game Three of yes. the Dodgers yes. series. Yeah, which means you roll out Strasburg and Corbin. Yep. Strasburg and Corbin, fucking great, man. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Now they're 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 lined up to be to be right where they 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 need to to make the push. But you know we've talked about it. The the race has become quite jumbled, and they're going to have to survive and figure figure out a way. Um, and you made the point a couple of weeks ago. They're they're beating up on some of the lesser teams. Well, they have to. Well. So sweep them, and they did. They, they did. swept Cincinnati. You're right. You know, right. That's what they got to do. And it's not like they played bad against the Mets. It's no. they played good for seven yeah. and a half innings, well, and, and then the Mets were absolutely on fire, and they yeah, still, they were. you know, it, and they are. It's going to happen. So it is, but it, it's still bittersweet to have leads late in both of those games and lose them, and then have to scratch and claw and get a win on Sunday just claw. to get a just to get a game. You know, it's like damn it. You know. When you're trying to stay ahead of the curve a little bit, that, that that's tough. Jeremy, you know what's heartbreaking is the Orioles have lost 16 consecutive games against the Yankees. And I know when I lived in Baltimore, <laughs> oh, it's the you, worst. when you would go to Yankee games and people who are diehard Yankee fans who couldn't name fucking two Yankees in the entire but – but, you know, they're – they're bandwagoners, and they're the also they're always the loudest. Of course they are. You know, Let's go New York. Let's go New York. Just, you know, Fuck you. I mean, I'm a Nats fan just because – I want to stay consistent, but my hero is Cal Ripken. And, you know, I was in Baltimore when they were good and they were in the ALCS and, and in the playoffs and, chal- and challenging. And it's just so disheartening to watch the Orioles. It's what tough. they've done against the Yankees is gross. But last season when they were just as bad, they were almost 500 against them. Um, this season, it's tough, but you know what? They're developing a handful of guys. I mean, VR. Mancini, especially. I mean, they're, they're developing some guys. They have three or four pieces that can be, you know, here for a decade. And that's what the goal of this season was. It's awful to watch, and that's why I haven't been watching much. And I feel, you know, we look at Gruden, he doesn't care. You look at Hyde, the guy's like, I'm doing everything I can. I saw, I think the first time I watched the postgame interview, he's like, you know, I, I don't like calling players out, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but. We've got to stop putting the ball. He would have dropped an F-bomb if he could have, but he was on TV. Stop throwing the ball in the middle of the fucking plate. He's like, I don't understand this. He's like, why are we throwing meatballs all day long? Mm-hmm. That's just like, poor guy is doing everything he can. And, he, you know, things are coming back. They're down 6-2, I think, going into the, I don't know, ninth or something you know, today and put up three runs. Yep. You know, they're, they're getting close. I'm actually surprised they're getting as close as they are. I agree, Malibu. Um, she doesn't but, like know, she doesn't like the Yankees she, either. She's like, she like, just actually hates the baseball Orioles. talk, and I don't blame her. Um, now, so it, it it's tough to watch my O's. That's really painful. Um, my only hope is because they have a young GM, a young manager, and they have the <clears throat> the, the the backing 
of the organization to truly rebuild. You know, they went, we're tearing it all down. We're going to be awful. Stick with us. We're going to come back and be better. The Astros did it. I Does mean, this have anything to do with the Masson deal? Is that, no. or is it just sort of how mismanagement? How, I mean, how did the Orioles get to be so bad? Is it natural cycle of baseball? Yeah, I think. I mean, that's most of it. And they decided they didn't want to do the "oh, we can stay winning seventy to eighty games" deal. And also, I mean, you know, the whole Angelos thing. I mean, you know, obviously, you're not rooting for anybody to pass away. But once he goes, that's going to make things a lot easier. It's just that is an issue right now. It is. So it is. Well, that's a shame. What's uh, Davis? What's his contract situation? <laughs> Another st- two more years. Two, two years. And no, no, one's, no one's obviously going to take that. Oh, wait, I think you you said it last week, Jerry. That they're going to have to basically pay for the whole thing. If they're they going to have to pay seventy five percent, and they're not going to do it. What's the point? Why would they bother? Right. Right. You know? right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that exhausts my uh, my baseball knowledge and. Uh, and desire, energy. yeah. Let's go back and talk about Florida, Miami. Suck the fucking life right out of me. Um, now, nah, but uh, I, I, I do hope for the best for the Orioles. It's a proud franchise. It's a hell of a history. Um, you, you would hope that uh, you know. Again, the turnaround comes sooner than traditionally what happens in baseball. You know, tends to take a long time, but teams are starting to turn things around sooner. Um, so I hope we're on the, the, the forefront of that. I'm, I, I don't like the Dodgers either. I think they're pretentious fans and they're assholes. But anybody, God, they win every game. Anybody, shit. anybody but the fucking Yankees, man, or the Red Sox. Anybody Agreed. but those jackasses. God, I would love to see an upstart Nats team find their way into the World Series and then have an epic upset like over the Yankees. Be, I would be, be I would, I would, I would be bleed Nats, Nats red yeah. during that series for how two mu- reasons. How much time yeah. do we have left, Todd? As much as we want. Um, I saw the list on Rush Machine Never Breaks of the top, was it forwards? We did the centers last week, right? There was one uh, top forwards, or wingers, wingers probably. Here it is. We did, yeah, we did centers, we did last, centers. last here, week. Here are the top five. Tell me what you think. Kucherov, number one. Patrick Kane, number two. Ovi, number three. Brad fucking Marchand, number four, and My- Mitchell Marner, number five. And correct me if I'm wrong, he's a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yes, he is a Toronto okay. Maple Leaf. I wonder why he's that fucking high. <laughs> um, Brad fucking Marchand, number four. That that brings I hate that guy. I, I know I, you do, but we brought it up when we were doing our, our Stanley Cup stuff. Guy scored over 100 points. He was top five in scoring last year. So. Fuck you guys, dude. He is not <laughs> he's that. He's an asshole. But... No, is, is, he, is, he, is he really? Is he a top four? Winger? Probably. I'd like Better to say Panarin? no, but I'd be wrong. Uh, Panarin's a fancy Pasternak, player. Johnny Goudreau, Blake Wheeler, Claude See, I'm Giroux, more of a, I'm, Stone, I'm more of a Johnny Hockey type guy. I love Johnny Taylor Hockey. Hall. But, I, mean, I, mean, I would put all those guys over. Look, I've told this story before. Probably Phil Kessel the, makes a list. Not on the <laughs> hot dog boy. Not on the pod, but I saw Marshawn play in, in the AHL. I was like, this guy sucks. He's not even good enough to play at the AHL level, well. He's not. He's going to have to be a top five winger in the NHL, apparently. Guys, the guy's got I tremendous can't stand skill. Him. Tremendous he, skill. Fuck, I hate him. He's good. He's yeah. a douche. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely yes. douchey. I thought Patrick Kane was a little bit overrated there. Uh, like Kane old too now? was interesting. He's the most overrated in that list, in my opinion. Completely agree. Um, I put. I you know. I know we make fun of Toronto, but Marner's. He's real deal. He's legit. He's. I actually might have put him up there. So. It's, so, but here's here's. It's almost like every freaking. Maple Leaf makes these top lists, 
but they never fucking win. Okay, so the Maple Leafs are very much like the Dallas Cowboys in so many ways. Yes. They are marketing. in a fishbowl of, of, of teams with expectations that far exceed what they've done in recent memory. And Marner is one of those guys where he gets crushed in Toronto. Like the fans get all over him. The media is like, oh, he's not that good. He's like, Dude, the guy's top five to ten in, in the league. He's on a team with Matthews and Tavares, and he quietly may be the best player of those three. Yep. Yep. You know, so. But again, in that market, he just gets crushed because he wants he wants more money. So he's currently unsigned, isn't he? Pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're having a very Dak Man, Prescott oh, moment. Yeah, I, right thought, now, I thought you motherfuckers would agree with me. Like, no, Marshall is not number four. Oh, I, I hate him. I wish he wasn't, but he is. He's legit. Well, I'm, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> uh, with that being said, so we'll, we'll wrap it up with a little bit of hockey news. So this week on the ice, the confirmed uh, players, John Carlson was running some of the uh, little impromptu scrimmages. Was yeah. he running on ice? <laughs> um, and he uh, he had a comment that it's it's weird now coming back to camp. And he he goes, not only am I like the elder statesman, I almost feel like the grandfather out here. And how old is he? 20, 28, 29. 28, 29. Yeah. He's got a lot of, of miles on those tires, but, man, I'm so glad he's ours. Is Kempney full go? Or are they Maybe still- not to start the season. No, I, really? Okay. Well, he's going, to, he's going to participate fully in training camp. Okay. They expect him to be ready. It would not shock me, depending on how he reacts to the full training, if, you know, they ease him back in a little bit. There's your IR slot for uh, cap relief if you need it. Bingo. <laughs> so, Bingo. Shit's going to work itself out. I trust it. I'd rather have him than cap relief. Well, we'd only be talking five or ten oh, games probably. Yeah, no, for, yeah. For, without question. Because that the you know, LTIR goes ten games, but if it starts the season, you, there's no, I don't think there's any requirement on how long you have to sit out. So they could wait till somebody else gets hurt or they make a trade or decide who they want to send down or whatever it is. But he, what does he make 2.5 or 1.5 over? That would That would do it, right? Mm-hmm. All right, boys. Before we end, Todd, give me your biggest, your biggest um, news or prediction of the week, of this upcoming week. Yeah, that's going to happen by the time by the time we do the next podcast. Okay, I think the biggest the biggest news is going to be not only is Trent Williams not traded, but I think somehow he makes his way onto the practice field at Redskins camp. I'm that'd going. I'll be so disheartening. I know. I, it's not what I want to have happen, which is why I'm saying it's possible. I, mean, he's I think a, he's a good player. I just want my. First, I, I think, want the first round pick. I agree, but I think that the trials and tribulations of Trent are going to take a wayward turn that none of us saw, and we're going to go. Well, cool. He's back on the field, but fuck, he's back on the field. I think I, the only way to do it is would do what Jeremy says: is give him. You got you got to cave on the money. They at least guarantee some more of that that last year or something. So that, that, that's my bold prediction of the week. Okay, what's your bold prediction of the week? Well, I actually will change my tune a little bit from previous weeks and take over Todd's role of, I do think that we may see, well, if Williams is going to get traded, I think we may see it happen this week. The, the Gotta talks hope you're right. The talks are starting up. Teams are going to want to get them in, um, learn their program. So if it's going to happen, I, I think it may happen before we talk next. I, th- ifs in there, I, I think there but. will be a trade. It will not be Trent Williams. I think they will trade Josh Dotson for a late round conditional pick Ooh. and move him out or of town. Or a bag of balls. <laughs> and move him out. It'll be like a you know a sixth round pick if he makes the team, seventh round pick if he doesn't, or nothing. An extra orange Gatorade powder. I just think they're done with him. I don't know if you guys saw it, but, but Sua Cravens came out and, yeah. and blasted the, I almost the organization. Brought that up, yeah. And uh, yeah. Josh Dotson liked it. There was a hide yeah. on the Cowboys. Unreal. 
Huh? What's that? Hyatt on the Cowboys, I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's Mitch Hyatt from Clemson. That's what I always wanted. Uh, okay. is, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he he'll be he'll be working at Hyatt Building Supply. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's gonna be our next sponsor. That that, <laughs> that info will Sweet. drop here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so signing off on another week from Wings, Beers, and Tears. I hope you guys enjoy. Uh I can't wait to talk to you next week when we have even more college football previews coming your way. We're gonna be really specific. And God willing, we will have a guest on the show. I think it's time. I think it's time. I think it's time. All right. We'll have a Terps preview. Sweet. Terps and Mountaineers and all things good. Well, here's Mountaineers. They're going to suck. <laughs> Jerry's going to get in depth into his uh, expert analysis next They're week. They're going to really suck. Until then, please follow <laughs> us. Google, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Wings, Beers, and Tears. Peace. Peace. See you.